Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to let you know that this show is made possible by Anchor.fm. It's a free podcast hosting service. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you don't need any fancy equipment, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on all the platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning and welcome to News Me, a digestible rundown of the stories you need to know every morning. Whether you're commuting to work or enjoying a cup of coffee at home, we've got you covered on the latest. I'm Jamie, Editor-in-Chief of Scriber, and I'll be one of your anchors. In every segment, you'll also get to hear from Scriber correspondent and independent journalist George Ventura in The Ventura Report for a debriefing on foreign affairs. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter on scribernews.com and share this newscast with your friends. Let's get started. Today is Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. In the headlines this week, the public impeachment hearings begin at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The late U.S. Representative Elijah Cummings' wife announces her bid for his Baltimore seat, and Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is also due to testify today in Congress. You'll also get to hear updates from around the world with George Ventura. The most important story you need to know about today is what you can expect from the first public impeachment hearings in nearly 20 years. There have only been two presidents impeached in U.S. history, Presidents Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. The hearing will begin at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and can be streamed on major news networks. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff will make an opening statement, followed by an opening statement by the ranking Republican on the committee, Representative Devin Nunes of California, and then statements from the two witnesses. The witnesses testifying this morning are Bill Taylor, the Trump administration's top diplomat in Ukraine, and George Kent, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, according to a report compiled from NBC. Schiff and Nunes will have 45 minutes each to question witnesses in the first part of the hearing. They can also delegate the questioning to a committee lawyer instead, which Schiff said he will be doing. Schiff will determine if there is a need for an additional 90-minute staff round or to move on to lawmaker questions. Once the staff questions round or rounds conclude, the format will revert to one similar to a traditional congressional hearing, with lawmakers getting about five minutes each to ask questions. On the committee, there are 13 Democrats and 9 Republicans. The hearing will likely wrap up between 2.30 and 4.30 p.m. and continue Friday. Schiff said in a letter that more witnesses will be announced at the end of the week. 
Democrats will focus on Trump withholding $391 million in aid to Ukraine, allegedly for political gain, while Republicans will argue Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was aware that Trump had placed a hold on the money to his country during their July 25th phone conversation, which was unrelated to Trump's request in investigating Joe Biden. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is also due to testify today before the Congress Joint Economic Committee about the future of the U.S. economy, which is at a 50-year low for unemployment. This comes just two weeks after the Federal Reserve cut interest rates for the third time this year. The intention behind the cuts were to neutralize down points of slower global growth and the U.S.-China trade war. President of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, Neil Kashkari, said in an interview with CNBC last week that if the economy continues to perform as we expect, then the Federal Reserve is likely done cutting rates. Powell, along with other federal officials, have confidence the economy will continue to grow. Representative Elijah Cummings' wife, Maya Rockymore Cummings, announced her bid for his Baltimore seat yesterday, just one month after his death and one day after her resignation as chairwoman to Maryland's Democratic Party. She announced she will be getting a preventative double mastectomy on Friday, which will likely slow her campaign trail up to four weeks. However, Cummings said she will do whatever is necessary for a strong campaign. In an interview on MSNBC, Cummings said she believes very strongly that she has the background, focus, and commitment to take the reins and make a good run for the 7th Congressional District, and that this was already a conversation her and her late husband had. Six months ago, uh, we were talking, and he said, you know, I I really do think you should uh, take this seat. Uh, And so with that, you know, he would have expected of me, and I'm going to continue the fight. Uh, The fact of the matter is, is I've been fighting all along. You know, I've had a track record of working on issues like Social Security and Medicare, health care and economic security, and certainly uh, technology even. Now that you're all caught up, I'll hand it over to the Ventura Report for updates from around the world. Isolated bushfires broke out in Sydney, Australia on Tuesday, along with strong winds and soaring temperatures as Australia's largest city faced its first ever catastrophic fire danger. More than 70 wildfires are burning across New South Wales state. Three people have been killed and more than 150 homes have been destroyed in the recent days. Authorities issued multiple emergency warnings for fires threatening rural communities north of Sydney and said in some instances that it may be too late for residents to leave safely. More than 3,000 firefighters were deployed or on standby across the state and hundreds of schools were closed as precaution. It's the first time authorities have set the highest warning level for Sydney since the fire danger rating system was introduced to Australia a decade ago. The level has been downgraded three notches to very high on Wednesday. Bolivian Senator Janine Anes declared herself the country's acting leader Tuesday despite a boycott by former President Evo Morales' allies that left the legislative chamber short of the legal minimum number of lawmakers required to appoint her. 
Anya said that she would become the interim president after the three people ahead of her in the line of succession quit in the wake of massive protests following Morales' resignation. Morales, who has fled to Mexico, says he was forced to resign by the military and claims he is a victim of a coup and he has vowed to continue fighting from abroad. In Morales' absence, members of his leftist political party were a no-show at the legislative session to appoint Anas. In a tweet, Morales called Anas' assumption of the presidency the most crafty and disastrous coup in history. We are here safe thanks to Mexico and its authorities, but I also want to tell you sisters and brothers, as long as I'm alive, we'll continue in politics, he said. Supporters of Morales flooded the streets of the administrative capital, La Paz, to support the former president and did so mostly peacefully. The Mexican Air Force plane set to pick up Morales was initially denied access to Bolivian airspace. Takeoff was delayed and protesters surrounded the airport. After Morales boarded the plane, it was denied permission to refuel in Peru and had to stop in Paraguay before arriving in Mexico City. Upon landing, Morales thanked the Mexican president for saving his life and reiterated that he had been forced to resign. Chile's finance minister warned on Tuesday of the grave consequences for the nation's economy of three weeks of violent protests after the peso slid 4% to hit a historic low against the dollar. He called on Chileans to restore normality so that businesses could return to proper functioning and people could return to work after weeks of strikes, marches, and damages to property and public transportation, and that he estimated that would cost the economy $3 billion in damages. The country's currency plunged to more than 800 pesos per dollar, down more than 10% since mid-October. By midday on Tuesday, as state workers and some unionized miners in Chile announced a nationwide strike, saying they were not yet satisfied following the government's decision to rewrite the constitution. Thousands of people, including members of unions, marched in large numbers through Chilean cities again on Tuesday. In Hong Kong, around 1,000 protesters blocked the roads in the heart of the city's central business district during lunchtime rush hour. Wearing now-banned face masks and dressed in office wear, they marched and threw bricks onto the roads lined up with some of the world's most expensive real estate and luxury flagship stores. Riot police tried to disperse the crowds, grappling some people to the ground and beating others with batons near the city's stock exchange. Protesters and police had battled through the night at university campuses only hours after senior police officers said on Tuesday that the Chinese-ruled city had been pushed to the brink of a total breakdown. Hong Kong's Educational Bureau said all schools were shut down on Thursday for transport and safety reasons. Protesters are angry about what they see as police brutality and meddling by Beijing in the freedoms guaranteed under the one country, two systems formula put when the former British colony returned to Chinese rule in 1997, many banks and retail stores in the bustling commercial areas shut down on Wednesday while Hong Kong's jockey club canceled its evening races. Hong Kong's stock market dropped 2% to a three-week low in early trade, outpacing falls elsewhere in Asia. And that's it for affairs. I'm George Ventura, and you can find me on Instagram at Jorge Ventura TV and Twitter Ventura Report and on YouTube, The Ventura Report. Looks like that's it for today's newscast. Thanks for listening. 
Go to scribernews.com for more reports where you can also make a donation to support free speech media. Follow us on social media at Scriber News to stay informed. All music in this podcast was produced by Il Ali.